Well, good morning. <laughs> Great to see each one of you. This is a good-looking crowd for a cold day, but the sun is beautiful and it's warm in here. Praise the Lord. Uh, turn, if you would, to the second chapter of the book of 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 2, as we continue on our trek through the book of 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 2, and we'll begin reading in verse 9. I got a little water here this morning. Our PA system at Mason Creek went on the blink and was out, so I had to use my old-fashioned voice. And you know what? I kind of liked it once I got revved up in it. Did it again? All right, now. <laughs> I just use it again this morning. Amen. All right. Second Kings chapter two, verse nine. Would you stand, please, in honor of God's holy, inspired, inerrant, all-sufficient Word? The Bible says. And it came to pass, when they were gone over, that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it. And he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. He took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him, went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and there, and Elisha went over. Father, thank you this morning. Lord, thank you that we'd be willing to just serve you underneath the cross, beneath the cross. And God, thank you for your grace and your mercy for everything you've bestowed upon us. Now, Lord, we ask you. We don't ask you, Lord, we beg you. We plead with you. Let your spirit have control of everything. Everything that's said, everything that's thought, everything that's done. That Jesus might be glorified. The devil would have no place in this building today. Lives could be changed. Families could be ministered to. And most of all, you would be exalted in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. When God's people found themselves here in a downward lifestyle, they were worshiping idols and they were worshiping false deities. I would submit to you that you cannot worship an idol or a false deity unless, first of all, you have left God Jehovah. These people have left God Jehovah and they're centered on idols and false deities. And when they walked away from God, God raised up a man named Elijah. And uh, we do it a little different today. Uh, we, we don't trust anybody. We don't trust each other or anybody else either. And we dare would say that any man of God should ever lead people, you know. We raise up a committee. Or we raise up a team. But I want to tell you in the Word of God, he raised up a man. 
That man wasn't afraid to preach the Word of God. He had no apology for it. He had no compromise for it. He preached, thus saith the Lord. He came preaching the truth on Mount Carmel. He came there, and there were 450 false prophets of Baal. They came, and uh, they tried their God. Of course, he didn't answer because a false God can't answer. The reason a false God can't answer is because a false God is a false God. He ain't real, so he can't answer. Then God calls, uh, uh, sends fire down from heaven after he's doused the, the altar three different times, and every prophet of Baal was killed. And the next chapter, in chapter 19, we find uh, Elijah wanting to quit and take his own life. And God shows up and he said, Elijah, what in the world are you doing here? What are you doing here? I've got a job for you to do. This is not where you're supposed to be. One of his jobs was to find Elisha. Elijah means the Lord God Jehovah. Elisha means my God saves. You put Elijah, the Lord God Jehovah, with Elisha, my God saves, you got a pretty good transition team. It's pretty good. And you put them all together, the next 10 years, Elisha follows Elijah, and now he's taken up in a whirlwind. Uh, but even though he's taken up in the whirlwind, the work goes on. The, there's a job to be done. There's a mission to be accomplished. Elijah is gone, but God's still there. He's gone, but God's still alive. And Elijah, 10 years before, had cast a mantle upon Elisha. And as he was there in the field and, that, and received the mantle, what that's saying is, is God has a plan for your life. God's got something special that he wants you to do. God wants to use you. Now, the mantle is left. And Elijah, Elisha goes over and picks up the mantle. When he does that, he's saying, I accept the responsibility. I'm not perfect. Uh, I'm not special. I'm not great. But I serve a big God. And I think Elijah is saying that what God did with Elijah, God can do with me. What God did in the past, God can do now. What God did before, God can do in the future. So the God of Elijah was the God of Elisha. And uh, Elijah is gone, but the work doesn't stop. The job doesn't end. The mission doesn't close. It kept going because when God took a man, God provided another man. That's important. I I'm amazed at several things. <laughs> I'm amazed that, number one, God would save somebody like me. And then I know some of y'all, and I'm still even more utterly amazed. <laughs> I mean, have you ever stopped? The Bible said, God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, who is ever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Have you ever stopped to consider what God has done for us? I mean, can you explain the love of God? Nobody can explain that. I stand amazed. I stand amazed uh, because God gave me what I didn't deserve. That's called grace. I stand amazed because God withheld those things that I do deserve. That's called mercy. Mercy and grace. 
he gave me. And then I stand amazed because God chose me to use me in the ministry. I'm looking at a lot of people in this place much more intelligent than I am. Much more. I'm looking at a lot of people that have far more ability and qualities than I ever dreamed of. And yet God chose me. I remember the night I went home after surrendering, saying God wanted me to use, use me in ministry. It was in music and youth. My mother said, what have you done? You can't sing? I said, well, Mama, I've got a God who can. I, I mean, God is big enough to do whatever. I, I, I stand amazed. I, I've only got to pastor two churches. I was talking with the pastor last night, late into the night. His church has run him off. He's got a couple of more months of pay, and then he's out on the road serving hamburgers or whatever. And I thought, you know, I've gone through that, but I've not in the not since I pastored. I've only pastored two churches. And both of those have been great, great churches. This is a great church. Tremendous church. The church I pastored before this was a great church, a tremendous church. I stand amazed that God would choose me for his service. I I stand amazed that I was even born in America. There's a lot of foreign countries. I, I've got friends all over this world in Kenya, Belize, Haiti, Brazil, I, numbers of places that would give their right arm just to come and live right here. Now, if you be one of those that are sitting here saying, well, America's not that great, I'll help you get a ticket wherever you want to go. I'm telling, I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm serious. If I can't pay for it, the deacons can. I'll just tell you right now. I thank God for the United States of America. This is a land of plenty. I, my soul, I've already had a donut this morning with three cups of coffee. The sun came up. It was a depressing night last night because Green Bay lost. And, and, and uh, oh, don't you clap in here. <laughs> my wife has a black book. You can get over me easy, but you're not getting past my wife. But the sun's up this morning. Thank God for America that, that we've got cars and jobs and food and health centers and advanced technology. I thank God for that. I thank God for Woodland Hills Baptist Church. That more than 70 years ago, appointed and anointed men felt need to begin a church under a tent under the trees over here in South Longview. I thank God for, in all of those situations, the people who have been saved, the people who have been baptized, the children who have been dedicated, the people who have been called to preach, the couples that have been married, the people that have given up addiction and, and, and turned over a new life, the people that have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Thank God for this church. But I want to tell you, we won't be here forever. There'll come a time when we'll step off the scene. 
we'll breathe our last breath. There'll come a time when I won't be standing in this pulpit. I can't knock on doors anymore. A day will be when I won't be pastor of this church. I don't know a lot, but I do know this. I may be gone, but God's still here. God's still on his throne. And when God takes one, he brings another. That's why we excel and do our very best. When I was growing up as a child and as a kid, children's ministry didn't get a whole lot. It was always youth, 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 youth. And I'm all for youth. Hey, young people, I love you. I'm all for you. But I'm telling you, as a church, we've decided we need to reach preschoolers and we need to reach children and we need to reach younger people so that they continue to grow up in the nurse and admonition of the Lord. Yeah, that's why we spend money on all these ministries and youth ministry and 412 college ministry and all of those things. That's why we have a Christian day school so that we know parents, both of them have to work in many cases and you need a place to bring your child where they can be cared for and loved and you know they're not pumping some rack, rock, tick-tock music down their throat but they're hearing the things of God. That's why we have a Christian school, because we want to teach the Word of God, and we want to show the principles of God. And I want to tell you something. There's still work to be done. There are lost people that need to be reached, people that need to be discipled, God to be served, and a devil to be whipped. He's not going to quit. God's not dead. Jesus is not finished. And the Holy Ghost hadn't lost his power. The Word of God is still true, and it's not stale this morning. God, help us to raise up people in this place that will be a disciple and will help the generation to come to be responsible enough to take up the mantle. We need some Elishas that are going to stand for God. Mama and Daddy are not going to be there forever. Pastor's not going to be there forever. Youth minister's not going to be there forever. We don't need to be looking for leaders in the NFL or the NBA. We don't need to be looking for leaders in our schools or our, our government or what we, what we need. We're talking about the work of God. We're talking about the most important thing in your life. We need some folks who will hold this Bible who will stand in their place, who will live for holiness and secure purity and, 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 and believe that Jesus still saves. Uh, let, let me get on here. Let me, there are five points this morning. Quickly. First of all, Elisha had a heart of a servant. He had a heart of a servant. He surrendered to Bible. Now, we don't have time to read all this. You read it when you get home, second chapter of Second Kings. He burned a sacrifice offering. His, he, he burned his bridges behind him. What he's saying here is, God, when I tell you I'm going with you and you're with me, I ain't turning back. I'm not turning back. I, 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 I'm not going to turn back. I'm going on with you. I surrender to you. Then secondly, he had a heart of humility. Ten years. Ten years he walked with Elijah. He never preached a sermon in those ten years. We don't have it anywhere located here. He never did a miracle in those ten years. There's never a miracle recorded. He just followed the man of God. 
He just said, I want to be where God is. Whatever he wants done. <laughs> oh, have mercy. At the people today who want a spotlight. The people today who want a name. Who want a position. It's even like that in the world, in work. I mean, there are very few people who really want to work. What they'd like to do is have a position. We're missing in adults and young people. Listen to me this morning. You've got to be a nobody in order for God to make you a somebody. You come into the presence of God and you think you're somebody, God can't do anything with you. When you come in as a nobody, God can make you a somebody. He was not only appointed. Thank God for people who are appointed. He was anointed. I, as I get older, I lose my patience. And I, I just, now don't take me wrong. Please don't. But I'm kind of got to the point I'm not interested in people who are dead to themselves unless they're alive to Christ. I hear people say, well, I... I hadn't done this in three years. I hadn't done this. I, I turned from this 20 years ago and hadn't been, a, you know. Hey, I'm, I'm not so much interested in what you haven't done. I'm wanting to know what you filled up to do when you got rid of what you didn't do. See, if you come to God and you say, God, I'm turning from this and I'm getting rid of this, but you don't replace it with the fruits of the Spirit and you don't replace it with the Holy Spirit of God, you've missed the ball game. You've missed it. Well, that's the first thing. The second one, he, all, he had a heart for a servant. Secondly, he had steady endurance. He was enduring. I don't know. A, I don't know if it's part of growing old or what, but I can't keep my balance. I keep wobbling. Becky sprays something real slick on the bathroom floor. We've got an insurance policy, I know, and... I mean, we can slide, am I lying? We can slide across that floor. No, we, it, it, enduring. Three different times. Verse 1, Elijah said, Elisha, tarry here. Mm -mm, I will not leave thee. Then two verses down, Elijah says, Elisha, tarry here. I'm going to Bethel, and then I'm going to Jericho. Elisha said, Nuh-uh, I, I will not leave thee. And then two verses down, Elijah once again says, Tarry here while I go down to Jordan. And Elisha says, I will not leave thee. He, he was endurance. He, he endured it. Listen, we need some folk today. Has the devil ever come and whispered to you, Why don't you just give up? It's not working. Why don't you give up? We need some people who will say, I'll not leave thee. I'm with you, God. The world says, give up your purity. And you say, I will not leave thee. Embrace this hip-hop rap music. Mm. You know what your kids are listening to? Now, you don't have to tune it in on your... You say, how do you know what they're listening to? Because I pulled up to a red light and heard all of it I want. <laughs> you don't have to get somebody's radio or listen. I'm just telling you today, we need some folks who will say, I'm not putting that garbage in my mind. 
you'll never make it for God. And you say, oh yeah. The devil says, oh, I know you. No, devil, you knew me. Now I've got Jesus. Little guts, little grit. I'll not leave thee. He not only had endurance, though, in his steadiness, he had endurance in his learning. He never stopped learning. He was continually looking and seeing what God was doing and understanding it and becoming more and more uh, in knowledge and wisdom as he continued in his life. See, he was more interested in God than he was the computer games. Now, some of you parents would like me to stay there a while because your kids are in computer games and they run them all night long. You go to sleep and they still slip up and run the things. You hadn't got sense enough to know what's going on in your own house. And they run in those things. I'm not telling you you can't have fun, kids. I'm telling you when fun is all that's on your mind and you can't get into the Word of God, something's wrong in your relationship. I could also talk about parents on cell phones and iPads and, you know, your parents may be old, but they know how to crank up that Commodore 64. Learning. And then he had endurance and loyalty. He said, I'll not leave thee. I'll not leave thee. We've talked about it in staff meetings so many times. I don't understand it. We, we want to help people. We do help people. We spend thousands of dollars a month on benevolence and helping people. We, we do everything we can to help people, especially if you're part of the household of God. Listen, don't you feel like you should be ashamed because you needed help and somebody came alongside and helped you? But you know what I find? I find that if you help people in a couple of months, they get ticked and they're gone. There's no loyalty. If you don't help people, they're gone. I, I wonder what to do sometimes. I just wonder what to do. Hey, this Elisha said, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stay with you, Lord. I don't care what lessons I learn. I don't care what I go through. I'm not walking away from God. I want to do something for God. Well, he had a heart of a servant. And he had steady endurance. And then thirdly, he had a serious passion. <laughs> Can you imagine Elijah says to Elisha, what do you want? Anything you want, name it. Anything you want, you just name it. You know you got that same option today. You can, you can pretty well do anything you want to do. I mean, if you want to spoil your life, you, you can. It don't take a whole lot to spoil it. You, 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 young lady, you want to give up your body before you meet your husband? You can do that. You can Mamas and daddies, you want to raise your children so that they'll be prominent in the world and so they'll have the world's character and the world's activity? You can. You can do that. Young man, you want to pursue your dreams at the cost of being in God's will? You can do that. But this young man took the mantle and said, I'm going to go with God. I'm going to go with God. Listen, we don't, we don't need millionaires anymore in the church. Probably be good if all our buildings just fell in. 
We, we don't need millionaires. You know what we need? We need some adults and some boys and girls that would say, oh God, when I get up to preach, I want the presence of God on me. When I get up to sing, I want the touch of God on me. When I go to school, I want the touch of God on me. Say, preacher, I don't want to be that radical. Hey, we've come to a place where you're either going to get radical or you're fixing to be part of the world. It's there. The fourth thing that's here is a supernatural power. When he asked for a double portion, God gave him the double portion. Now, you theologians can help me with this because remember, I'm not very smart. I've been trying to figure out, and I don't know. I can't prove it, but I'm the one preaching, so you listen to me and then you do whatever you want to do. I wonder. They started out in Gilgal up here. They went down to Bethel. They came down to Jericho, and then they went across to the Jordan. If I understand it, may and may not, they crossed the Jordan to go to another country. I'm wondering why God didn't take Elijah up in Israel. I mean, was Jericho not good enough, or was Gilgal not good enough? Was Bethel not good enough? I, you know, why, why did he have to cross the Jordan River to be taken up? Now, I've, I've read about that a lot this week. I've come to the conclusion that I probably believe that he is testing Elijah to see if Elijah will come back. You see, sometimes on our Christian life and our Christian walk, we get hoodwinked and we get off to the side. And there are a lot of people that have been hoodwinked and got off to the side that never came back. They just kept on going in that same direction. And if God is here and you're here and you get hoodwinked over here and you go in this direction, hello, you're getting farther and farther away from God. And so I believe God wanted to see, would you come back? You're over in a foreign land. Will you come back? And that's exactly what he did. He picked up the mantle. The Bible says that he tore his clothes. <laughs> now, now stay with me here because this is going to get good. The power that Elisha had, he wanted a double portion, remember? The power that Elisha had was directly related to the ascension of Elijah. You with me? If Elijah would have never gone up, the power would have never come down. Amen? So his power of the double portion was directly related to the ascension of Elijah. When he caught up in the whirlwind, the Spirit came down, he got a double portion. You say, what's, it, what's that for? Oh, I, I, I wish I had the strength to run all over this place right here. Listen, our power is directly related to the ascension of Jesus Christ. That's what it is. It's not Elijah. It's, it's related to Jesus. He's gone up. The Bible says in, in Luke 24, Jesus said, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, 
Tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as to Bethany. He lifted up his hands, blessed them. It came to pass while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. The empowerment that we have is tied in to the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ. If he hadn't gone up, the Holy Spirit couldn't come down. Wow. That's the pattern in the Old Testament, but it's fulfilled in the New Testament. The Lord went up, the Spirit came down. The disciples went out, the lost came in. Now I want you to, to notice what he did. He, he took his old garments. He took his hands and he ripped his old garments apart into two pieces. And he took the mantle, the cloak of Elisha, and it had fallen to the ground, and he reached down and picked it up and he appropriated it. Mm. Now, here, here's where I want you to see this. He could have had the heart of the servant. He could have had the endurance of a freight train. He could have had passion that was burning. But if he did not have the Holy Spirit of God, he's useless. I don't care how much you want to serve God. I don't care how strong you are and how endurant you're going to be and how persistent you're going to be and how consistent you're going to be. It does not matter. I don't care how you're passionate. Oh, I love Jesus. If it is not followed by the enduing of the Holy Spirit, you ain't got it. Let me give you this last thing, and I'm through. He had a blessed hope. He had a blessed hope. You say, how do you figure that? Well, my soul, he stands there, and he watches Elijah being carried up, and he's, in a, a, he's got the chariots of fire and the horses of fire, and it's the horses of Israel here. And he's carried up. He knows there's a better place. Amen? That's what he knows. Listen, no matter what he faced here on this earth, there's another place. This world's not our home. We can't trust in America. Don't tar and feather me. But our government's probably as crooked as a dog's hind leg. <laughs> We, we can't trust in our college professors and teachers. Some of them we can, most we can't. My soul, we can't trust in our politicians. We can't even trust in our doctors and in our medicine. We can't trust in our health. I feel good. I can't get around very good, but I feel good. But I can walk over to that door and have a heart attack and drop dead just like that. I can have a brain aneurysm. Gone. Just like that. But you know what I've discovered? I've discovered that if you have to put up with me and I stay here, I'm in the presence of the Lord. Because he promised never to leave me, nor forsake me. If you get lucky and I get out of here, 
To be absent in this body is to be present with the Lord. It looks to me like it's a win-win situation. This morning, some of you have lost a child. Tough. Can I give you some bad news? You may lose another one. Some of you have gone through divorce. It has been rough. Can I give you some bad news? You may go through another one. Some of you have got a cancer diagnosis. And could I give you some bad news? You may get another. Oh, but up there, how beautiful heaven must be. Sweet home of the happy and free. I cannot tell you that you're not going to have to plan another funeral. I cannot tell you that you'll never have a heartbreak again. I cannot tell you that your doctor's reports will always come back good. I can't do it. But I can tell you this. Raider and Welch don't own any property over there. I can't tell you, young person, that your heart will never be broken again. I can't even tell you guys if you'll ever live to see your children graduate or hold your grandchildren. I can't tell you if I'll even see mine graduate. But I will tell you this. Over there, there's a mama and a daddy standing at the gate waiting. I can't tell you what's going to happen to you tomorrow. I can't tell you if you're going to win a divorce suit. I can't tell you that. You may lose everything you've got. But I will tell you this, over there, there's a fair judge. Over there, there's no need for a bunch of attorneys gathering around because Jesus is the attorney. I can't tell you what's going to happen. But oh, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ, you got a blessed hope. I know there's mourning down here. There's sadness down here. And we don't have time to go into all that, but that's all because of the curse and because of the fall. But one of these days, the trump's going to sound. The shout's going to be heard. And it's, it's not going to be a subtle ease up. In the twinkling of an eye, gone. I read again this week. I hate statisticians. Most of the time they're right. They tell us that the number one mission field 
for Christianity is sitting inside the walls of these churches every week. That's what they're saying over and over again. I remember Chris will, uh, no, it wasn't Chris, it was George W. Truett, when he died. He said, if I just knew 20% of my church was saved, I'd, go, I'd die a happy man. You know what the ironic thing is? Why would you sit? Now, I can understand why you go to a party or whatever. But why would you sit in a church that you'd be confronted with the Word of God and you'd have solid gospel music and testimonies and you'd see God do miracle after miracle why would you sit in a church like that week after week after week and not know that you've been saved? Why would you want to do that? Say, well, preacher, well, I think I, I hope I am. Hey, those are words you need to chunk out of your vocabulary. You need to leave here today saying, I don't care if I'm 90 years old. I don't remember what I did. I don't know if I'm really saved. But I'll tell you what, on January the 23rd, I nailed it down. I invited Jesus to come in. I accepted him as my Savior. I repented of my sin. And the blood of Jesus covers my soul. I don't care if you're 30 or if you're 90. You need to pick up that mantle. I want to be saved. I'm going to follow Jesus. Many of you here have already done that. You need to pick up that mantle this morning. Come to this altar. And you need to just say, Lord, I've let my family get away from me. I've let everybody tell me in the world how I ought to raise my kids and what I ought to do here and what I ought to do there. And Lord, I just want you to know I'm picking up that mantle this morning and I just want you to know, Lord, I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to lead my family in that direction. Some of you may need to pick up the mantle of church membership. You say, is the local New Testament church really that important? It was for Jesus. Out of the 100% of the time that it's used, 97% of the time or 96% of the time, it's referring to a local New Testament church, a called-out ecclesia body. This church is important. We may be the last stand somebody ever sees standing for Christ. Hmm. The mantle's not going to be thrown on you. It's laying there for you to pick up. Father, Lord, would you just reach down, touch souls today. Lord, we feel so inadequate. <laughs> I pray, God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, that you'll fall fresh on people. That, Lord, your will would be done in these next few moments. Have your way. And we'll praise you. Would you stand with me?